Good morning, everyone. Welcome to church this morning. I hope you guys are okay with me wearing my wearing my little hat while I speak. I cut my hair last night, so I'm bald, and I need I need some covering. Okay, no disrespect, no disrespect at all. Uh, will you guys please join me in this prayer? Glory to God the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Blessed are the readers, hearers, and keepers of this word. Amen. All right, Revelation chapter 21, verses 9 through 14 are where we're going to be at today. And I'll uh, read those verses now. It reads, Then came one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls full of the seven last plagues and spoke to me, saying, Come, I will show you the bride, the wife of the Lamb. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great high mountain and showed me the holy city Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, having the glory of God, its radiance like a most rare jewel, like a jasper clear as crystal. It had a great high wall with 12, with 12 gates and at, the tw- and at the gates 12 angels and on the gates the names of the 12 tribes of the sons of Israel were inscribed. On the east three gates on the north three gates, and on the south three gates, and on the west three gates. And the wall of the city had twelve foundations, and on them were the twelve names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. As I prepare for this message, Jesus' words in John chapter 14 came to my mind several times. You see, one evening I couldn't sleep because I was wondering about life after death. To put it simply, I wanted to know what will happen to me when I die. I don't know why this thought came up or was laying on my mind. I just know it was there. I thought about my wife, my kids, my friends, the kids on Casino Road, those in the past, those present and future. I wondered what it would be like to meet God face to face. I had other questions about what will happen. It was interesting because my questions about heaven only related to how life on this earth was, has gone. I assumed it would be like life here and now. I thought about this for what felt like 30 minutes. Then I noticed I felt worried, nervous, and afraid. So I stopped my thinking and began praying, asking God to help me put my thoughts in his hands. So a few days later, as I read this passage in Revelation 21, verse 9 through 14, Jesus' words from John 14, one came immediately to my mind again. What are these words you ask? Jesus says, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. Do not let your hearts be troubled. I was troubled wanting to know exactly how things would go. I'm a processor and I also want to know what would happen next to give me some sense of comfort that I may be prepared. When will Jesus return? And what will heaven be like? These questions and conversations make me a little bit frustrated and skeptical because I think about it in two ways. One, no human being knows because no human being has gone to heaven before and came back to tell about it. Plus, the Bible speaks of a couple of people being taken up to heaven in the spirit and receiving a word from the Lord to share with his people for encouragement. I like this latter point, encouragement for God's people. I'm a bit skeptical about people who speak with certainty 
that heaven will be this way or that way based on what God showed them. However, I, I do take my skepticism to God and I ask the Holy Spirit to help me learn, to see something if he would have me learn from it. And maybe I shouldn't be skeptical, but I am because Jesus himself said that he doesn't know when God will bring his kingdom. And Jesus didn't share a lot of specific details about heaven. He did tell his disciples he was going to prepare a place for them to dwell with him and God the Father. The word dwell kind of sticks with me. Jesus is in heaven preparing a place for his bride, the universal church, those who believe in him and confess in his name as the one and only Savior. Jesus, who lived a sinless life on earth, died on the cross for our sin, rose from the grave, and ascended into heaven where he sits on his throne. This Jesus is a way preparing a place to dwell with his bride for eternity. So my title this morning is Dwell Among Us. So the angel took John away in the spirit to a high mountain to show him the bride of Christ. And high on this mountain, John saw the bride coming down as a holy city, Jerusalem. The city bride represents all those who have confessed the name of Jesus as Lord. It consists of the raised and living saints at the coming of Christ who will make up one body, one general assembly, and be together one bride for Christ. All those who place their faith in Jesus. See, before this section, we've heard John share about Satan ruling for a thousand years, Satan being judged, a battle between the beast and the army of God, judgment on those who don't believe in the Lamb. I could kind of only wonder if, if John and the people that were reading this note who were living in the midst of persecution needed a little bit of hope. And they wondered, I wonder if they needed a reminder of God's promise to his people to be with them. This passage has some hope in it. Just like Karina's message last week, there is hope in the fact that God will come to make all things new. That God will come and he will wipe away every tear from our eye. See, I find hope in the fact that angels stood outside the gates. The angels aren't blocking the way into the city as they blocked the way into the garden. As you look at Genesis chapter 3, verse 24. See, as you recall, back then, God sent Adam and Eve outside of the garden and he placed angels there with flaming swords to keep them from coming back in. God didn't want to allow mankind to enter his garden or his presence again because of their sin. The angels stood guard to keep anything unholy from entering. Here in John's vision, there are angels at every gate without swords. The city of God will have angels outside the gates to welcome the people of God into his presence. They won't have to keep anyone out or fight off anything sinful because there won't be any sin, any pain, any death, fear, or evil anymore. The serpent, dragon, and all evil will be, have been, would have been tossed into the pit. The angels also remind me that the angels of God will continue to be around to look after us, his people, because of God's love and care for us. He has angels around us now, even though we can't see them with our physical eyes, as we look at Psalm chapter 91. Also find hope in the fact that the city has gates, high walls, and a solid foundation. I'm reminded of John chapter 10, verse 7 through 11, which reads, So Jesus again said to them, 
Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep do not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. You see, the only way into the city is through faith in Jesus. The protection of the city is in the name of Jesus and his glory. Lastly, the foundation of the city is built on the words and life of Jesus. The city has been built on the word of Jesus and the testimony of Jesus from the 12 apostles. The bedrock of the city and of our faith is Jesus Christ. The disciples were obedient to Jesus by sharing his teachings, performing miracles, healing people, casting out demons, and going where the Spirit sent them. Because of their obedience, many of us here today and many people around the world have learned about Jesus and put our hope in him. The words on the gates and the foundation remind us that the city is the home of the church from the Old Testament and the New Testament. Those who place their faith in the one true God. God has been in the business of saving his people for a long time now. And he's done a great job at it. Amen. God has promised to dwell with his people in the image of the holy city gates and foundations. Let us know the saints who have gone before us. And those who are alive when Jesus returns will together live with God forever. Amen. Also find hope in the word city. City represents population, culture, family, and spaciousness. In the holy city Jerusalem, the body of Christ, there will be room for all the people of God. We will not only have fellowship with God, but with one another. People from every nation, tongue, tribe, and continents in this world. And if you want to add other planets, that's up to you. But we will be with one another. People from everywhere will be together. We will get to talk with one another, worship our Lord together, and live with one another without any conflicts. We will dwell with one another and with our God. The city gates located at East north south and west point point out something else to me they show us god will bring his people into his city from many geographical areas there there are plenty of gates to access this city so we're gonna have a huge family to meet it's kind of like me whenever i go to a family reunion i'm meeting another family member that i didn't even know i had this family member but i'm like all right cool it's gonna be like that in heaven everywhere we walk we'll be like oh you oh what's up cuz what's up fam As I think back to that night, my mind was run was running. The words of Jesus in John 14 must be a point of reference and reminder to my soul. Jesus continues speaking to his disciples. He says, in my father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself that where I am, you may be also. And you know the way to where I'm going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? And Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. 
Jesus told his disciples he had to go away to prepare a place for them. God told his people of old in the Old Testament he would come and dwell with his people. Jesus came to dwell on this earth and he lived in a specific place in Israel. However, one day soon, God will dwell with all his people, the whole church, those who have been dead and those who are alive when Jesus returns in a holy city. Those of us who have believed in Christ Jesus will be able to dwell with God in his city forever. Honestly, I'm not sure how to process this truth John is sharing with us. My mind is too limited to fathom what eternity with God will be like. Some may say I can't fathom it because my face is too small or I'm not allowing the spirit to show me. I'm okay with being unsure about it because there are some things we just can't understand. But one thing I'm sure of, and I will remind my soul of, is God keeps his promises. When he makes a promise, he always comes through. This text, for me, confirms a couple of things. One, Jesus has been preparing a place for you, me, and those who have passed away and those who have put their faith in him. And he's working on that place, preparing it for us. And two, God will be with us in this city. John saw the glory of God shining like a bright jewel. No longer will God dwell in a temple or appear in a cloud or a pillar of fire or speak through a blazing bush. He will be with us in his full glory. We won't need to have ring devices or other security systems to protect our homes. God wants to live with us forever. Currently, he lives in us through his Holy Spirit. And one day, those of us who place our faith and trust in Jesus will live with God. It will be like in the Garden of Eden again. We will get to walk and talk with God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, plus one another. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, uh, this morning, we just, we just kneel before you and we bow our heads before you lord and we just we stand in awe of you in awe of your great love for us in law in, in awe of your your protection over us your provision and we thank you for this word and we just ask that that you would use your word to encourage us and remind us that you keep your promises and that you are with us and will continue to be with us forever in jesus name amen